0: Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron, visit areyououtthere.com.
1: Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from a very quiet progressive field for the first time in a long, long time as the Indians' season has finally come to a close after Game 7 of the World Series on Wednesday night right here at Progressive Field. One of the greatest Game 7s in Major League Baseball history. Not easy for Tribe fans and players as the Indians come up short in 10 innings by a final score of 8 to 7 and the Chicago Cubs win the World Series for the first time since 1908 but certainly nothing to diminish what was a tremendous ride this season for the Indians as they not only won the American League Central Division but surprised Boston in the first round the American League Division Series defeated the Blue Jays in the American League Championship Series and took the Cubs to the limit with a thrilling Game 7 before finally succumbing in those 10 innings by that 8-7 to seven final score. And on this week's show, we will devote most of it to that magical night, Wednesday night at Progressive Field, a night that captivated the nation, not just downtown Cleveland, with one of the greatest Game 7s in MLB history. So stay with us. It's Tribe Talk, the first of our postseason shows, as we'll get rolling after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians radio network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland as we take a look back at Wednesday night's Game 7. Of the 2016 World Series, a night that would be remembered by many for a long, long time by the time it was all said and done. Certainly for Cubs fans, as they won their first World Series since 1908, and for tribe fans, well, it was the last loop on a roller coaster ride of a season. One that uh, provided a lot of thrills, a lot of comebacks, and almost the ultimate comeback for the Indians as they were trailing most of the night, only to tie it up in the eighth inning before losing in the tenth by that 8-7 to seven final score. A couple of things going into the ball game: The Indians were looking for their first World Series win in 68 years. You had to go back to 1948 to find the, the second of two World Series championships for the Indians in their proud franchise history. And for the Cubs, it was 108 years that they were looking to end futility in terms of winning the World Series going back to 1908. By the way, that was back-to-back World Series titles. They also had won it in 1907 but hadn't won it since. So 174 years combined in terms of title droughts heading into that game on Wednesday night. And that is easily the most of any matchup in World Series history. Now, Game Sevens, it was only the 38th. Game 7 in World Series history in the best-of-seven format. And the home team uh, victorious in nine of those last ten. So things were looking up for the tribe the last time there was a Game 7 in the World Series, however. It was in Kansas City in 2014, and the Giants came away with the win that year, snapping that nine-year win streak in terms of Game 7s for the home team winning also, the Indians had a 3-1 to lead in the series, and the last time that the road team came back to win the last two and overtake a 3-1 deficit was 1979. The Pittsburgh Pirates did it at Baltimore that year, winning a Game 7 uh, to take the World Series championship. That was the We Are Family team that season. Game 7's for the Indians in postseason history the 1997 world series that 11 inning three to two heartbreaker down in florida against the marlins and the only other time it happened was in the 2007 alcs at boston they had a tough time on their way to an 11 to 2 loss in a game that was much closer than that late in the ball game so that that kind of sets the scene for you heading into game seven On Wednesday night, the series all tied up at three wins apiece after the Cubs had won Game 5 and Game 6. And uh, to set the stage, it was Corey Kluber against Kyle Hendricks, two of the best pitchers in the postseason to that point. How did it start? Well, Dexter Fowler was at the plate to lead things off. Fowler digs in, Kluber's pitch. Swung on,
0: hit high in the air to deep center. Davis back, track, wall, leaps, it's gone! And Dexter Fowler's hit a solo homer to center field to start tonight's bogging. His second home run in this World Series. His third home run in this postseason. And exactly what the Indians
1: did not want
0: happen has happened in the first batter of the
1: game. Now Kluber would settle down as he got through the first inning only allowing just that one run and was awfully sharp in the second. Here's the left-handed hitting right fielder Jason Hayward. Two down in the Cubs second, one nothing
0: Chicago. Kluber kicks, fires. Hayward swings, breaks his bat, floats one into shallow center. The shortstop Lindor there to make the catch. And
1: Corey Kluber has a 7-pitch second inning. Meanwhile, Kyle Hendricks as advertised was sailing along for the Cubs.
0: Hendricks comes set hands, belted high the pitch. Swung on a roller, headed to third. Bryant to second. There's one. Baez relay. Got him. Double play. And once again, the Indians not taking Hendricks the other way, and that just plays into Kyle Hendricks' game. When you
1: try to pull the ball and you roll over and get a lot of ground ball outs. But still trailing 1-0, the Indians would rally. In the bottom half of the third inning, Coco Crisp got it started. The wind 1-1. Swung on line to left field. Base
0: hit down the line. It's going to kick off the side wall to Zobris. He'll throw to second. Crisp, head first slide. It's a double. Throw gets by everyone, but backed up at first by Rizzo. And there's the approach the Indians talked about. And Coco Crisp executed it perfectly. Slicing a double down the left field line the opposite way. And the Indians have their
1: third hit. The tying run at second base. And then the Indians, playing small ball very well, had Roberto Perez at the plate. Crisp with the lead
0: at second. Rizzo now is even closer to home. The pitch, he squares, he bunts third
1: baseline into Beauty. Rizzo up with it, turns, throw to first. Second baseman Baez kicks the bag, but a great bunt. Then it was Carlos Santana coming through for the Tribe to tie the game.
0: Crisp takes his lead at third, the set in the pitch. Swung on line to right. Base hit. We've got a tie game. Carlos Santana with a rocket to right. Crisp will score from third. And the Indians and Cubs are tied at one in game seven.
1: However, in the fourth inning, the Cubs would grab the lead once again on a sacrifice fly after an RBI double by Wilson Contreras. And then in the fifth, it was Javier Baez going deep. Kluber with a look in at. Roberto Perez, here's his pitch, and it's swung on, and there's a high fly ball. This one's hit to deep right center, and it's gone. Javier Baez, who has struggled in the World Series, goes deep, and the Cubs lead it 4-1. And here comes Terry Francona. He'll make the move right here. And at that point, Terry Francona decided to make a move to his bullpen. He had Andrew Miller loose and warming. And with Miller on in the fifth, Anthony Rizzo got things done. Here's the pitch. There goes the runner, and the pitch is lined into right field, a base hit. On his way to third is Bryant, picking it up as Chisenhall. Hall. They're going to wave Bryant around. Here comes the relay throw. He slides, and he's safe. And the Cubs have added another run. It's now 5-1 to one, Chicago. Then in the bottom half of the fifth inning, Indians still trailing 5-1. John Lester came on in relief for the Cubs, and it was an inauspicious beginning for Lester as the Indians had a couple of base runners in scoring position. Now the 0-1 delivery. Bounced in there, gets away from Ross. Coming down the line is Santana. Racing around third is Kipnis. He'll try and score. He slides. He's safe.
0: Two runs score on a wild pitch. And this place is alive again. It's the Cubs five, but now the Tribe three. Kipnis never hesitated, and the big key was David Ross. He deflected that ball, and then he fell over and could not get up for just a moment, a moment in time that was enough for Kipnis to score all the way from second.
1: So the Indians had battled back. They made it close, but again, Andrew Miller just wasn't quite as sharp as we have seen in most of the postseason, and really for that matter, since the Indians acquired him at the trade deadline at the end of July. Backup catcher for the Cubs, David Ross in the sixth inning would pad the lead for the Cubs. Here's the one-two. Swung on, hit high in the air to deep center.
0: Davis back. Davis on the track at the wall. Leaps. It is gone! David Ross has taken Andrew Miller out of the yard to center. The Cubs have their third home run tonight. And Miller, who had given up one run all postseason, has given up two runs tonight. And the Cubs have a 6-3 to three lead. And
1: momentum, once again, swings the Cubs way. So it was 6-3 Cubs. Out went Andrew Miller. On came Cody Allen for the Indians out of the bullpen. And he got the team through the 7th and the 8th inning, keeping it reasonably close. Allen's ready. Two-strike pitch.
0: Swung on, popped up first baseman Mike Napoli. He will make the catch. And another good inning for Cody Allen. Cody Allen was on the mound when the Indians clinched the division series at Fenway. He was on the mound when the Indians clinched the pennant in Toronto.
1: He's on the mound here tonight hoping for an Indians rally. So that's where we'll take a break. Six to three Cubs heading to the bottom half of the eighth inning. A lot of dramatics coming your way, so don't go away after this timeout as we continue with our look back at Game 7 of the World Series after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhaus, back with you as we take a look back at Game 7 of the World Series this past Wednesday night at Progressive Field, an all-time classic for Game 7s in the World Series. And it really didn't seem that way as it was moving along. And as we heard in Segment 1 of our show today, the Cubs just kind of methodically were pulling away from the Indians who were desperately trying to stay close. The score was 6-3 to heading to the bottom half of the eighth inning. That's when Joe Madden decided to go to his bullpen once again, bringing on Araldis Chapman after a Jose Ramirez single with two outs to give the Indians a base runner, and that's where we'll pick things up. Tom Hamilton, of course, on the call with Brandon Geyer at the plate and two down in the eighth inning, six to three, the Cubs in front.
0: Chapman will provide the power if you square up a fastball; it'll jump out of here on a night like tonight. The two-two. Swung on, drilled, foul off to the right. A little bit of a breeze now blowing out toward right. It's been a delightful night. 69 degrees at game time. Well, this Indians portion of the crowd just longing for something to get fired up about again. The pitch. High. Boy, that's hard to lay off. A 99-mile-an-hour fastball that's a little High. This guy throws so hard, he's so big and strong. 6'4", 215, so he's releasing the ball that much closer to the plate. Man, the hitters just have just a microsecond to make a decision on whether to swing or not. Now the payoff pitch. Swung on line shot up the alley in right center. It's a gapper. This should score a run. It'll go all the way to the warning track. It'll score Ramirez from first. Geyer has an RBI double to right center. Boy, what a great swing. On a 3-2 fastball, Geyer didn't try to do too much. And ripped an RBI double up the alley in right center. And the Indians now trail it 6-4. And Brandon Geyer has come off the bench and delivered a couple of base hits tonight. And the RBI for Brandon Geyer, his second in this World Series. And the tying run at the plate in Rajay Davis. So all of this with two outs and nobody on. The infield single by Jose Ramirez. Brought the call to the bullpen for Chapman. Here's Rajay Davis. He takes a little bit high. Ball one. Chapman staring in. Davis. Two ground outs and a fly out. Guy at second base. Two down in the eighth. Six to four Cubs. The pitch. Swung on. Fouled out of play to the right. And the count ball and a ball into strike. And Chapman pretty much sticking with the hard stuff. He's still in the upper 90s. Outfield for Rajay Davis. A little deeper than you normally see for Davis. The other way toward right. He chokes up about an inch or two. The pitch. Swung on. Fouled again to the right. 0-2. Just looking to square up a fastball like Brandon Geyer did. Base hit here would make it a one-run game. If he could get a base hit into the outfield. Guyer at second. Two down. Cubs six. Indians four. It's been a struggle all night. The Indians playing catch-up from the first batter of the game. The 1-2 pitch. Outside by a little bit. 2-2. Two and two. Well, The Indians are making Chapman work. He's thrown six strikes and five balls so far. Rajay Davis awaits the 2-2. Here it comes. A swing and a foul back. We'll do it again at two and two. And I'm not trying to sound like your fairy godmother. But again, because Chapman throws so hard, if you can square up a fastball, he'll provide the juice. And it'll jump out of here tonight. You first have to square it up. The 2-2 pitch. Swung on foul down the right side. What an at-bat by Davis. 100 mile an hour fastball there. Still a 2-2 count, two outs. Guyer at second. Six to four, Cubs leading the Indians. Game seven of what has been a classic World Series between two teams that have longed for that championship more years than any other two franchises in baseball. 68 years for the Indians 108 years for the Cubs now the pitch swung and lined to deep left field it is goal Out of the Indians' third base dugout. Rajay Davis. A bullet. Two run homer down the left field line, clearing the 19 foot wall. We are tied at six.
1: The Indians could do no further damage against Chapman, and the game went to the top half of the ninth inning, still tied at six. The Cubs were threatening. They had Jason Hayward at third base, and that's when Francisco Lindor does what he has done so often at shortstop with Dexter Fowler coming up to the plate.
0: Fowler's had a good night, three for four. Started the game with Solo Homer to center. The pitch swung on, base hit, back up the middle, or is it Lindor behind second? Has it, throws him out! From center field! A liner back up the middle. Somehow Lindor got to it on a bounce in shallow center. And he threw out Fowler. Well, folks
1: are the Indians' destiny's child. Eraldis Chapman was still on for the Cubs in relief, and he made it through the bottom half of the ninth inning. So the game went to extra innings, but not before... A 17-minute rain delay. And when the Cubs came back out in the top half of the 10th inning, Brian Shaw on the hill for the Indians, Red Hot, Ben Zobrist, and Miguel Montero came through to put the Cubs in front. Shaw, long look in. Now he's
0: ready. The 1-2 delivery. Swung on, smashed to third. Base hit down the line. Headed toward the corner. Cubs take the lead. Elmore scores. Rizzo into third. Into second. Zobris leaping in the air. Jumps on the bag as the Cubs are back on top. Seven to six. The set. The pitch. Swung on. Ground ball base hit into left. That'll score Rizzo. Everybody else moves up one. And that's what happens with the infield in. Cubs up eight to six. Montero with an RBI single. His first hit in the World Series. And Terry Francona is going to make another pitching change.
1: It did not look good for the Tribe at this point, but there was no quit in this ball club all year long, and Wednesday night was no different. Bottom half of the 10th inning, Brandon Geyer drew a two-out walk and took second on indifference, and that brought Rajay Davis to the plate once again. Edwards is ready. The 1-0.
0: Swung on line drive, base hit, center field. Geyers coming around. He'll score. It's an 8-7 ball game, And Rajay Davis has three RBIs in his last two at-bats. And the Indians refuse to go home. They have never quit all season long. Would you expect anything else in Game 7?
1: So the Indians were to within a run, runner at first base is the tying run, Michael Martinez, who had come into the game as a defensive replacement, the last bench player that Terry Francona used on the night as uh, he had no more, and Martinez took his plate appearance against Mike Montgomery.
0: Davis edging off, he's the tying run at first, two down, 10th inning, 8-7 to seven Cubs. The set by Montgomery, the pitch... Swung on a little dribbler toward third. Charged by Bryant. Gloves throws to first. The Cubs have won the World Series for the first time since 1908. And a mobbing of Cubs players beyond the pitcher's mound. Michael Martinez with that slow dribbler to third. And Bryant made the play at first to end the ball game. What an incredible World Series and in 10 innings the Indians have fallen to the Chicago Cubs by a final score of eight to seven in arguably one of the most riveting and entertaining World Series in baseball history
1: So you knew going in it was going to be history for one of these clubs, and for the Chicago clubs it was their history as they snapped the losing skid in terms of not winning a World Series that dates back to 1908, and the Cubs, this year's World Series champions. But certainly no shame for the Tribe as they were a team that you get the feeling squeezed everything they could out of their roster. In the face of injuries to Michael Brantley all season long, arguably their best hitter, And then you look at uh, the lack of starting rotation pitching due to the injuries of Carlos Carrasco and Danny Salazar. It put a lot of stress on those who remained, including Josh Tomlin and Corey Kluber, and also on the bullpen. And they battled and battled all the way through to Game 7, giving it everything they had. And uh, after the game, certainly a lot of credit went to the Cubs, and the Indians felt pretty good about the effort that they had. And we'll hear some of those post-game comments when we return after this timeout on the Indians radio network Rosenhaus back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where uh, the crews here are starting to put the ballpark to bed for the winter an extra month of baseball this year and what a month it was it concluded on Wednesday night with Game Seven of the World Series, a ten-inning thriller, won by the Cubs eight to seven. After the game, Terry Francona tried to put his thoughts into words.
2: We, we can certainly, you uh, can certainly ask questions. I just, I think it's appropriate to, uh, to congratulate, you know, the, the Chicago Cubs, uh, Joe Madden and Theo and Jed and Mr. Ricketts and their entire organization. Um, that was was quite a series and you knew somebody was going to go home happy Um, but uh, they deserve a lot of congratulations and also uh, just a quick thought that you know it's hard not to think of Mike Hirschbeck on a night when you know you see John umpire in his last game so that was kind of in our thoughts too. Okay.
1: Just few questions. Jordan?
2: Yeah. Tito, so what, what can you say about, especially the late innings, just the fight that the guys showed, kind of been the signature all season for you guys? That was, that was an incredible game, I mean, to be a part of. Uh, and I talked before the game about being an honor to be in a game like that. But to be associated with those players in that clubhouse, it is an honor. And I just told them that. You know it, it's going to hurt. It hurts because we care. Um, but they need to walk with their head held high, because they left nothing on the field, and that's all the things we ever ask them to do. They tried until it was there was nothing left.
1: Who else? Okay, on the aisle.
2: Terry, when Rajay. Ties it up there, and you go to the bottom of the ninth with the top of the order. Thoughts going through your head that maybe uh, the storybook ending is going to happen. We get so caught up in the game, you don't think about what your emotions are going to be or things like that. It's you're trying desperately to find a way to win a game. The emotions come after, whether it's good or bad, or you know it's. You don't think about storybooks and stuff like that. You're trying to figure out a way to score one more run. Jordan. Can you just speak to what Corey and Andrew gave you throughout the playoffs and then what you saw from, from them in this game? Yeah, I mean, what we ask our guys, you know, I mean, for them to, for our starters to have the the guts to take the ball, like Corey Kluber, three times in a series. and. The other two guys, and this is Trevor's third time, um, and our relievers to to be available for that much, that often, and be that effective, it's it's not luck, it's just it's it's will, and I think at times tonight they prove they're human, but without them, we we don't get anywhere close to here. Okay, All thank right. you very okay. much for coming. Thanks for everything.
1: That's Tribe Manager Terry Francona talking about the tough loss for the Indians on Wednesday night in Game 7 of the World Series. One of the heroes in that game, Rajay Davis. His home run tied it in the 8th inning, and his RBI base hit gave the Indians life in the bottom of the 10th, and Rajay talked with reporters after the game about the night.
3: Yeah. Was that just against him because he throws so hard? He does throw hard, and I was just trying to be um, quick to the ball. and I realized that, you know, a, a long swing is not going to get it done. Not against him. Um, you got to be short and quick. And you know, I was able to, um, you know, get the get the bad head out um, easier with that uh, with that uh, with that approach. I know it's so fresh, but um, lazy. Those couple of days are now able to come reflect on the run that you guys were able to go on without no it was it was, it was amazing it really remarkable how we were able to um get this far um you know even without our our our, our go-to guys our guys that have been um there all year you know just kind of uh, carrying the load um, you know it's really tough you know uh we had to go and three-pitcher rotation, which is really tough to do, and, and uh, that's what we did, and, and we got all of the Game 7, you know, in the World Series with a chance to win, you know, tied top, bottom of the ninth, you know, and um, you know we get a run right there. You know, we're celebrating, and, um, you know, they're watching us, but, um, you know, it's uh, that's how it goes sometimes. It's just the, the game, you know. It's a emotional roller coaster sometimes, and that's what it was today, but it was a good, great show, I think.
1: And always with good perspective as well, Jason Kipnis, the Indians' second baseman, who also had a very strong World Series.
4: They were, they were all in with us. They were proud fans and they should have been with the way that we represented this city. I thought we were a bunch of hard workers and gritty players and um, kind of reflected the city's attitude towards things and um, I'm, I hope they're proud at least. I think they should be uh, extremely supportive of what we got accomplished here and um, we came up just short, but uh, like I said, I don't think we have too much hold our heads. On
5: did you feel like they, you know, they're you're up three one. Did you feel like they took it from you, or I mean, how, how do you look at that in terms of giving? No, them you gotta
4: goals? understand, that's a that's a fantastic ball club over there. Um, and in no way did we did we let any games go. Did we lose any games? Did we let them slip through our fingers? They just played fantastic baseball the last three days, and. Um, We had our chances and so uh, that's what i mean i don't think we gave them any of the games they really are just a a great ball club over there and a tough one to beat and um we we didn't take them lightly by any means especially when we were up 3-1 we knew this next one would be the hardest one to get because we knew the rotation was lined up for them too and uh you tip the cap to them they played some they had their backs against the wall and they they played like it for three games straight
1: So that's our look back at a memorable night in downtown Cleveland, Game 7 of the World Series, the first Game 7 ever contested in downtown Cleveland. And uh, what a thrilling night it was, albeit with a disappointing ending for Tribe fans. What lies ahead? Well, Chris Antonetti, the Indians' president of baseball operations, and Mike Chernoff, the general manager, met with the media on Friday. And we'll get their thoughts on the season just completed and what lies ahead after this timeout on the Indians radio network Welcome back to Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse back with you for our final segment of this week's show and on Friday, Chris Antonetti, the Indians' president of baseball operations, and Mike Chernoff, the Indians' general manager, met with the media to talk about what lies ahead, but also what was just completed, and their thoughts on the dramatic Game Seven of the World Series. Welcome, everyone. How are
5: you? How are you? Very good. Good. Okay. Chris, how long before you can maybe you're already there, where you look back
2: at this incredible run and don't feel pain, but you look at it and say, "Man, wow."
5: Yeah, I think there are a range of emotions that we're all feeling. Pain's certainly there. I'm not sure that's something that's going to go away anytime soon because we all desperately wanted to win that last game, but that won't overshadow the pride that we feel in thinking back and reflecting on the team and the grit, the resiliency, the perseverance they showed throughout the course of the season, and really the accomplishment organizationally. Uh, The amount of work that went into that's not just a few weeks, but it's years in the making with a inordinate number of people contributing to that, our scouts, our player development staff, our trainers, our strength coaches, our front office, and then our major league team and major league coaches. So, you know, there's those range of emotions that you feel. Pain's certainly still part of it, but there's also a great deal of pride. Can I get both of your impressions on why do you think this series resonated so much with not only fans here, but nationwide? The TV numbers were the best mm-hmm. in 25 years. Why, why do you think this matchup did what it did?
6: I think, um, I mean, it's hard to tell when you're in the middle of it, sometimes you, you put your head down and you focus on what you can control and trying to win those games. At the same time, I think there were moments for all of us, probably fans, um, players, staff, all of us included, where you recognize 68 years and 108 years of not winning a championship. You saw some of the storylines that built up. With, especially with our team, you know the resiliency that our guys showed in the face of some challenges and hurdles that I think a lot of people didn't expect us to be able to get over. Um, you see some of those things, and I think it built a great narrative that people bought into, um, and it was really fun for us to enjoy in that process. So I don't know if that was it, um, but you could see two cities really supporting their teams Uh, jumping in behind them and kind of living through their own values as cities in doing that and that that builds a broader narrative that probably engaged a lot of people nationally.
5: There were a lot of young people that were around the ball. Do you think that built up more of a a connection to the game of baseball with younger potential fans?
6: I hope so. I mean I watched our both of our sets of kids were incredibly engaged. You could see the excitement around the ballpark. You know, I think it was a special moment for this city, for Chicago, nationally, with people kind of um, buying into this. So I I certainly hope so. I think hopefully it was great for the game. It was obviously a tough, really tough day for us and loss in the end. But even the resiliency that we showed in that game um, brought out some of the best qualities in our team, I thought. And hopefully that's something that young fans uh, will engage, will continue to engage with.
4: Can
5: you talk about the, op- of the options and the moves you made today? Sure, sure. I think first uh, extending Tito's or exercising those options really easy decision and actually something we had talked about a while ago but uh, he's made a huge difference on our franchise and to have him as our partner moving forward is something we're really excited about and then with Carlos uh, I think his play f- speaks for itself and the performance he had this year uh, both on the field the the. Mindset that he had, his team-first approach, his willingness to do anything to help the team made the made the decision exercises exercise his option really easy for us as well. And what about the front office um, you made
6: too? Yeah, so with Derek's departure um, to Minnesota, obviously nobody can fill his shoes. He he was an incredible friend to us um, and tremendous value to the organization and what he did. But it also creates opportunity for other people internally. So we're going to promote. Uh, Matt Foreman and Carter Hawkins to assistant GM roles. Um, They'll split duties a little bit differently than Derek had done. Derek's primary focus was on the Major League team and then assisting in all other aspects of baseball ops. Um, I think we'll kind of split duties. So Carter's main focus will continue to be in player development. Matt's focus will continue to be in scouting. Both guys will um, collaborate with us as leaders in the organization um, in all of the other aspects of baseball operations.
5: Can you give us a sense of the uh, uh, the thinking as you head into a decision on Napoli? You know, he's he's uh, obviously can be a free agent. So right. Well, I think the baseline is that we have a great deal of respect and appreciation for what Mike has meant to our team. Uh, the performance on the field, his impact in the clubhouse, has been enormous and was a big part of our success this year. And, and talking to Mike, we know that you know he would like to be back here too. And. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, have, we'll take some time and work through. First, we have to make the decision on the, the qualifying offer in the next few days, which is something that we will do um, or we'll contemplate. Uh, and then at that point, we'll see where that leads us and then uh, stay engaged with Mike on how what it could look like and bring him back here. Uh, but we know he's going to have a plethora of options out there, and there are going to be a lot of teams that will be interested in bringing him back, and hopefully we're one of those options for him.
1: That's Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff, the Indians president of baseball operations and general manager who did some of their best work since being put in those roles as they just seem to make all the right moves at the right times in terms of signings in the offseason. Their work at the trade deadline exemplary, and they played a huge role in putting the pieces in place for what turned out to be a thrilling season for the Cleveland Indians. Well, that's going to wrap it for this week's show, but don't forget, Tribe Talk continues year-round. We will be with you each weekend during the off-season with our hot stove shows, keep you up to date on any signings, player moves, things like that, and have some features for you as well. And what we'll try and do, too, throughout the offseason is have a game of the week, an exciting game to look back on from this past season that featured so many exciting baseball games for the Cleveland Indians on their way to the World Series. So until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you have been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network.
0: Listening to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians, by the University of Akron. Visit AreYouOutThere.com.